Hey guys, welcome to In The Spotlight with your friend and brother Roger. Thank you for joining me as we begin another podcast as we discuss uh, uh, racism. Is it really the original sin of America? And we'll, we'll be talking about the, we'll, we'll be, I'll be playing live here um, the struggle of Martin Luther King uh, is Dream for America. Also, I'll be reading from some of the sections of the, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops Pastoral Letter on Racism, which was written in 2018 to address the racial tension and concern of many Afro, uh, many um, black people within here in America. And for the church to really become one, the church should be one since it is the prayer of Jesus. I'll be starting with a prayer by St. Francis of Assisi. The priest prayer, as it is called, of St. Francis of Assisi apparently dates from the early part of this century, and its author is unknown, even though it is said it is from St. Francis of Assisi. It was found in, uh, in 1915, written on the back of an holy card of St. Francis, from which the name comes. Other stories ascribe it to the time before St. Francis, and some believe he indeed did write it. But the above is the most commonly accepted history of prayer. So let me pray. So even though it is the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, it is believed that St. Francis of Assisi did not write the prayer. But however, it is uh, assigned to him since he was known for peace and for building the church of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. Grant that I not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive, and it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying to ourselves that we are born to eternal life. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, is racism the original sin of America? Let us listen to one of the fathers of America, the black fathers of America, as he shared with us his dream. To John with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who 
who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal.
by Martin Luther King in his speech uh, in a civil um, walk speech uh, where he proclaimed his dream for America for a peaceful America an America united under God for God and with God in the development of the entire human race the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops they wrote a document called Open Wide Our Hearts, the enduring call to love, a pastoral letter against racism, which was written in 2018. The document um, was signed by the General Secretary, Montina Brian Bransfield, and he said, the document Open Wide Our Hearts, the enduring call to love, a pastoral letter against racism, was developed by the Committee of Cultural Diversity in the Church of the United States of America, Conference Bishops of Catholic Bishops. It was approved by the full body of bishops as a formal statement of the same as its November 18, 2018 general meeting and has been authorized for publication by the undersigned. The, the document begins with what is racism. It begins with what is racism. And according to the document, it states, racism arises when either consciously or unconsciously, a person holds that his or her own race is superior and therefore judges persons of other races or groups as inferior and unworthy of equal regard. When this conviction or attitude leads individuals or groups to exclude, ridicule, mistreat, 
or unjustly discriminate against persons on the basis of their race or ethnicity, it is sinful. Racist acts are sinful because they violate justice. Racist acts are sinful because they violate justice. They reveal a failure to acknowledge the human dignity of the persons offended, to recognize them as neighbors, as the neighbors Christ calls us to love. Racism occurs, the document continues, the racism occurs because a person ignores the fundamental truth that because all humans share a common origin, they are all brothers and sisters, all equally made in the image of God. When this, when this truth is ignored, the consequence is prejudice and fear of the other, and all too often hatred. And it goes on, every racist act, every such comment, every joke, every sh shaky look or disparaging look as a reaction to the color of a skin or place of origin is a failure to acknowledge another person as brother and or sister created in the image of God. In these and in many other such acts, the sin of racism persists in our lives, in our country, and in our world. The document goes on. The reappearance of symbols of hatred, such as nooses in public places, is a tragic indicator of rising racial and ethnic agnigmas. All too often, Hispanics and African Americans, for example, face discrimination in hiring, housing, educational opportunities, and incarceration. Racial profiling frequently targets Hispanics for a selective immigration enforcement practices and African American for suspected criminal activity. There is also the growing fear and harassment of persons from majority Muslim countries. Extreme nationalist ideologies are feeding the American public discourse with exophobic rhetoric that instigates fear amongst foreigners, immigrants, and refugees. Finally, too often racism comes in the form of sin of omission when individuals, communities, and even churches remain silent and fail to act against racial injustice when it is encountered. Brothers and sisters, these are some of the words from the document, Open Wide Our Hearts, by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. Now, I must say that I do not support the burning, the looting, or any destruction to public or private property, which is currently happening in our nation. The church and those of civil society 
has called on all protesters to desist and to resist from all harmful act that will endanger the life of each person or business within our community. Friends, we cannot move on without staring racism in the face. We cannot, as a people, with blood running through our veins, with our heart pumping in our chest, with our brains constantly thinking, we cannot continue to avoid talking about racism. And not only talking about racism, but confronting this issue. This issue that the continue to divide the people of America. Now, before I continue this discussion, I must say that I am a Jamaican citizen. I was born in Jamaica and I continue today, at this moment in 2020, to remain a Jamaican citizen. However, I am conscious of the fact that a lot of my black American-born friends who are citizens of America have been faced with discrimination, with imprisonment, with lack of opportunities, whether it be jobs or educational. Let us look at in our churches when we have a, a, a majority black population and a lot of folks, a lot of our white brothers and sisters will no longer, they will change their church because they say the church is changing, which they mean it is either becoming too Latino or too, black, too many blacks attending that church. And so they will move away and find a more whiter church and a white priest with white deacons. We have to talk about it. We cannot remain silent. We have been avoiding it. And it is the elephant in the room, in our schools, in our offices, in our, in our, in our churches, in our sacristies. We know, we see it, but we try not to say or speak about it. The document in open wide our hearts even goes on to say to us that we have to welcome each other. We have to welcome those who are different from us. Not because we want to, but because we need to. Because we are brothers and sisters. We are created in the image and likeness of God. We're given an heart. We're given a mind. We're given feelings, a soul to think, to believe, to trust, to cry, to laugh. We can feel, we can taste. We are the same. We are the same because we're created by God. 
He who blew the breath in the first Adam today continue to blow into every human being, in every person, in every continent, in every, in, in every area of society. Christ is present. He's present. When, he, when, Christ, when the, the Virgin Mary went to Mexico, she did not appear as a white Madonna. She'd, she appeared to them as one of the Aztecs, black. She could not appear to them as white because they would not have recognized her. And so she had to took on that cultural clothing and color to be like them. Jesus, our Savior and our Lord, when he came, he took on the people of his time by wearing their clothes, by speaking and looking like them. He confronted the leaders of his day. He confronted the Jewish and religious uh, and political leaders of his day. He was not afraid to confront them and to liberate those who were captives, those who were in prison because of our injustice, our unjust laws. Jesus had to stand out. He had to walk away from the masses. He had to seek those sheep who were lost. And he called each of them, each of us by name. The killing of our brothers and sisters of Afri African American, black origins, the continuous injustice in educational opportunities. We, here in America, we have to adjust the issue. We have to face it with a sincere heart and mind. We cannot, as a church, as a people, as a society, continue to turn a blind eye. A lot of people have been saying, did Martin Luther King, did he understand at the time his dream? And was this dream ever to come true? What can we do as a people, as a nation, to achieve this dream, to make this dream come true? Today, I must say, a lot of people, whether it be white, black, Latinos, Asians, whatever they are, they're on the streets of America and they're marching, they're protesting, and sadly, some are rioting, breaking into stores and looting. But for far too long, friends, for far too long, the black people have been marching silently. We've been crying out for justice. We've been crying out for someone to truly and honestly listen to us. Some of us have taken the knee. Some of us have avoided the church. A lot of black people have decided not 
to no longer partake in the church, to no longer partake in the government. Why? Because they say that these are structures in place who continue to avoid their crime. We as a church, brothers and sisters, those of you who are listening to this podcast, we have to create change. How do we create change? By honoring the words of Martin Luther King, by treating each other as brothers and sisters, by stop seeing each other as lesser than and greater than. Yes, we all have different opportunities. Yes, we're all in, born in different time and in different time zones and, and, and areas of opportunities and wealth. Yes, I know that. I'm aware of that. We will not all be rich. No, we will not all be poor. But if we remember our humanity, if we remember our humanity that we are created by God, that we are loved by Him, and for you, the unbeliever, who no longer believe in God, since you say you believe in science, in love, you may say, then treat each other as people with that dignity, created in science, as you may believe, or in love, as you continue to march around and say. The church... Yes, as partake in slavery, but she has learned her own wrongs. She has learned from it. And today she has she through the popes and more bishops and cardinals and priests and deacons and religious sisters have been advocating for justice. We cannot remain silent. We cannot remain silent in this time of uncertainty. The elephant in the room is now moving. She is making noise. Will we truly and honestly respond? And what is even sad? about all of this is that a lot of people that I've been following on Twitter and Facebook have been making this a political issue. They have now calling this a left-wing movement, the Black Lives Matter. Some within the march of the Black Lives Movement have now been shouting at the right-wing guys who are all pro-Trump and pro-life and all this stuff. I am pro-life. I'm Catholic. I'm a seminarian. I'm black. I am pro-life. And I've, I've, I've stated on, on Twitter, I've said on Twitter many times, that if pro-life doesn't consist of protecting the dignity 
of black people, then what is the purpose of the pro-life movement? We cannot be pro-life. We cannot be pro-life and be racist. It doesn't work. We cannot be pro-life and discriminate or choose on those who should be in our community. We cannot be pro-life and receive the Eucharist, the body of Christ at communion. We cannot be pro-life and be anti-black, anti-Latino, anti-bilingual, anti-whatever it may be. Christ created diversity. Look at the, the trees, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. Look on all of God's creatures. They're diverse, unique. God loves diversity. He created it. Wonderful, he said. Beautiful. Everything is beautiful. He made it all so that we can see in creation, in the beauty of creation, his face, his hands, his feet, his body. I once again call on our leaders, our church leaders, our civil leaders, those black members of our society, who have gained social class, status, who are now able to advocate for us, who are now able to speak on our behalf, to come forward, to speak, to let it be known that you are advocating for those who are still in the struggle, the struggle to be seen as people with a soul and with meaning. I want to close with this statement from the document. The evil of racism festers in part because as a nation, there has, there has been very limited formal acknowledgement and all too often a neglect of our history. Many of our institutions still arbor and too many of our laws still sanction practices that deny justice and equal access to certain groups of people. God demands more from us. We cannot, therefore, look upon the progress against racism in recent decades and conclude that our current situation meets the standard of justice. In fact, God demands what is right and just. As Christians, we are called to listen and know the stories of our brothers and sisters. We must create opportunities to hear with open hearts the tragic stories that are deeply imprinted 
and the lives of our brothers and sisters if we are to be moved with empathy to promote justice. Friends, thank you for listening to my podcast today. Please comment, share, share this podcast with your friends and family. We need to get this conversation going. Please do not be afraid to confront the evil of racism. Also, be reminded that we are in a pandemic. Wear your, wear your face mask, wash your hands, or use hand sanitizer. And please, keep your distance.